0: What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now this is some of the most dynamic, cutting edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators, but you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago. The Blackhawks' last game of the season is tomorrow after the team failed to make the playoffs this year. But across the NHL, one issue that's come up again and again this season has been around how teams are and are not celebrating LGBTQ Pride Nights. And Chicago wasn't immune from the controversy. Outside of the United Center, the Chicago Gay Hockey Association has been a welcoming space for over 20 years. We talked to Brian Hole from CGHA about the group's relationship with the Hawks and efforts to make hockey more inclusive it's Wednesday April 12th I'm Jacoby Cochran and this is what Chicago is talking about Brian welcome to CityCast Chicago
1: yeah thanks for having me Happy to be here. So the
0: CHGA is more than just a hockey league. It also sounds like it's an advocacy organization. What was it that that really attracted you uh, to the organization when you learn more about it?
1: Yeah. So the number one thing that drew me to the organization was just the camaraderie of the group. Um, Like I I didn't have a group of gay friends in the city, and it was something that I was really yearning for. Um, And just growing up as an athlete, uh, you know, playing football, baseball, all kinds of sports, um, there's something special about that locker room culture and teammates and really spending time with one another, getting to know each other and bonding. And I just absolutely fell in love with it. Like I wound up playing, you know, three games a week and, and becoming really tight with that entire group. And I feel like that's the most important thing that we bring is just to create a place of community um on a hockey team where people can come together and feel safe regardless of gender identity, sexual orientation, race, etc. So I feel like that's the, the biggest part of what we do, uh, but also we do the best we can to, to advocate for LGBTQ issues all across the Chicagoland area. So um, a big part of that is the partnership that we've had with the Blackhawks for the past 13 years and um, just making sure that we can build awareness of our organization um, and also help them and uh, more broadly help the NHL better understand uh, how to combat misogyny and homophobia Uh, Within uh, their teams, but also we partner with other uh, gay sports organizations around the city to really uh, expand that culture as much as we can.
0: Back in March, when the Blackhawks had a Pride night, you know, a few days before the game, it came out that the players wouldn't be wearing the, the rainbow-colored Pride
1: jerseys. The director of Equality Illinois sent out a statement saying the issue of the Chicago Blackhawks not wearing Pride jerseys to protect their players from homophobic laws in Russia is a reminder of how the long arm of homophobic leaders can reach all the way to Chicago, in part to protect Hawks player Nikita Zaitsev, who is a native of
0: Moscow. What was your reaction when you saw the news?
1: So and the Blackhawks did give us a call um, immediately, like before the news came out. So, of course, we appreciated that.
0: Transparency is always great.
1: Yeah, of course. And, and the initial feeling, of course, is disappointment. Um Maybe even more so because it had become a topic, you know, in the news over the past month with other teams uh, and, and players having issues with it. But the thing is, is like in the grand scheme of things, wearing a, a jersey on the ice versus everything that we've been doing with this organization is such a small piece of it. But also, the way they explained it to us made sense, right? Like they want yeah. to be able to go out there and be a team. And if there are issues with Russian players that have legitimate concerns about what could happen to their friends and family back in Russia, if they put these jerseys on or if they showed any type of support to LGBTQ issues, you know, of course, you want people to, to stand up and, and, and fight for that. But everyone has their own personal decision there. And if they want to be unified as a team and not have people have to be singled out, You know, it is disappointing, but it's completely understandable. And given all the other work that we've been doing over the past 13 years with them to just focus on, you know, a a shoot around Jersey, uh, it just feels really small in, in the grand scheme of things.
0: I mean, when you look at this this rope that it seems that teams are being asked to walk, but also this growing anti LGBTQ legislation uh, that we have in the states here. Right. It isn't just what's happening in Russia. Right. Our country itself is growing uh, uh, from state to state in in ways that persecute members of the queer community. You know, how how do you still continue to to sort of rally in this organization uh, to sort of, you know, stand up against this?
1: Yeah. And that's the great point, right? Because it's like all the work that needs to be done that's happening in the U.S. is so much bigger than whether you're, you know, just wearing a jersey as you're doing a shoot around. It's like, what else are we doing as a community? What are the Blackhawks doing to support us to help battle against, you know, specifically right now, you can see all the anti-trans legislation that's being passed in some other states, the insanity of trying to vilify drag shows. Mm -hmm. You know, we, I mean, I would say from our organization, just outside of on the ice. We have so many incredible social events and fundraisers to bring the community together. Um, We've even done a couple uh, CGHA drag beauty pageants, uh, of which I am the champion and reigning queen of one of them. (laughs) And to have the <laughs> Blackhawks, um, you know,
0: talk your shit, Brian. Talk I mean, your I shit. have to,
1: you know, Fabrizia Couch is the reigning champion. So um, <laughs> but the Blackhawks have done such an incredible job um, and to be open minded to have conversations with us on how they can be better. Like, that's where it's at. Like, one of the things that comes to mind is um, like the Andrew Shaw incident um, from many years ago, right, where he used the F word. Uh, on the ice in a moment of anger Um, you know it's really easy to just say okay you know this guy is a homophobe you know scream at him get him out of there but what we did is we worked with the Hawks and we saw that as a moment of education, right? Like for me, growing up uh, in locker rooms and athletic environments, um, there is a ton of homophobia and misogyny that just gets thrown around. But you know that deep inside their heart, like that's not what they mean, right? They're growing up in a particular culture and just haven't been educated correctly about what those words really mean to people. Yeah. So what we wanted to do is, you know, come with an open mind and assume positive intent with, with Andrew Shaw. And that became an incredible moment of learning for him personally, where in the future, when he was on the Canadians, he wound up being the point person for their uh, Pride Night with You Can Play as like the LGBTQ advocate, right? And if we weren't as deeply involved with the Blackhawks as we were in that moment, I don't know what would have happened, right? So it's like, it's moments like that, um, that I think are, are far, far more important than, than focusing on a jersey.
0: What has that partnership with the the Hawks been like?
1: The partnership has been unbelievable because it's like when you think about back in 2010, like nobody was having Pride nights at all. And the fir- that was really like the first major engagement um, that they had because Brent Sokol personally wanted to bring the Cup to the Pride parade. Uh, and that wound up being a huge catalyst not only for expanding the organization, but for having a stronger relationship uh, with the Blackhawks. And that was also around the same time that, uh, you know, Brian Burke, who's a huge advocate for LGBTQ issues in the NHL, um, unfortunately, his son who identified as gay passed away and wound up creating the, you know, You Can Play project, were uh, advocating for LGBTQ issues across the entire NHL. So those two things kind of happened around the same time. And ever since then, what we've been doing with the Blackhawks is we've been invited to Pride Nights, where we have tables in the atrium at the United Center. But uh, each year, it winds up expanding more and more, um, you know, where we can bring, you know, 100 people to those games. And uh, it's really been uh, unbelievable, right, to have no Pride Night at all. to so then this year, the entire stadium is decked out in rainbows. There's, you know... I don't even know how many LGBTQ organizations were there. Hearing messages of support um, from folks in the organization, from players, uh, it's really been a great experience. Uh, you know, working with them.
0: Are you self-conscious about your smile? your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. I know that this is one of the first leagues that you've played with here in Chicago. But when over these last over this last decade, as you've listened to people who've joined, what have they said their experience has been like maybe playing in other leagues? Because obviously there was a need for an association that supported inclusivity. Yeah, and
1: what we've learned over the past couple of years from players that have joined um, is that they may have had some other experiences uh, with teams where just the culture within the locker room is not exactly what they're looking for Um, and it may not even be something that's you know actively homophobic right it might just be something where they don't feel comfortable talking about you know their partner their personal life their nightlife and it's when you're in a locker room or a team environment you want to be able to have fun share your entire self with your team and really feel like you're a part of that group and what we found is that folks that have come over to our team whether they're you know gay lesbian trans allies that it's just a very open, welcoming, fun environment where people can be themselves and not feel afraid.
0: you often hear you know, especially like when Pride Month comes up in June, you'll see, you know, people uh, sort of painting the streets. You'll see this growth in commercial apparel.
1: Rainbow washing. E- yep. Exactly. <laughs>
0: so so when you think about, you know, a Pride Night and rainbow jerseys or relationships professional sports teams, wh- why does that matter? Like, uh, you know, what's the importance and the symbolism in these moves?
1: It's huge. And it's, of course, not just Pride, right? Like you got to make sure they're showing up for their Pride Nights during the season, supporting us all, all throughout the year with the different events that we have. But it's important on so many levels. I would say the most important is uh, from a fan experience standpoint, just to let everyone know that, hey, this organization supports its LGBTQ fans. We want you to be a part of it. We're excited for you to be here and to make it you know, the, the great uh, team for the entire city that wants to participate and cheer on the Blackhawks. But also, I would say from a, a more structural standpoint is that they can be advocates for the NHL as a whole and the system that brings players in, right? Because you need to make sure that not only in the NHL, but in juniors and high school, that you have coaches that are uh, creating an environment where people are going to feel comfortable who identify as LGBTQ to be in that locker room, to stay, to grow, to become better hockey players, right? Because for all we know, like the the next Gretzky, the next Jonathan Taves, you know, could have been an LGBTQ person who just felt so horrible and bullied in a locker room and they didn't make it all the way through.
0: Mm-hmm. As we... Sort of look ahead and think about next season, because like we said, the legislation, both abroad and here at home, isn't going anywhere. Right. What type of stances do you want the NHL to take? We've seen other sports leagues say we won't hold all star games or we want to expand to new cities that have these type of legislation on the book. What role do you think the NHL should play going into next season?
1: Well, I would say on uh, for the NHL level, for all the initiatives that are you know occurring at a federal level, um, we want to make sure that they are being as supportive as possible, right? Um, and I would say on a team by team basis, just continuing and deepening the engagements they have with the local LGBTQ communities and athletic communities. I've been a part of gay organizations my entire life ever since I came out. Like I ran gay groups at the University of Michigan. I lead LGBTQ. Um, employee resource groups, wherever I've been. The the thing that I feel is much more impactful uh, as opposed to just cutting someone off and saying that organization is homophobic because of X, that to provide an opportunity to lean in even more, to make sure that you can do as much as you can to educate the folks within that organization and to help foster change from the inside. Um, And perhaps, you know, if you have an opportunity to leverage that relationship that can grow your own organization, like that's a way to just make the uh, our entire community better and less adversarial. Now, of course, if you get to a point where, you know, someone just straight up endorses like, you know, an anti-gay bill, well, then then we're on a different adversarial situation and also make sure that they can be advocates for change in the face of all of the insane legislation and uh, increase in violence and hate rhetoric that's occurring.
0: When you look at the youth and college athletics, are they getting more welcoming to to queer players as well? Do you see initiatives growing there? Is your organization partnering at at the at the youth level as well?
1: I've been invited to speak in front of athletic departments, coaches, teams. To help them better understand LGBTQ issues and what that means when there is homophobia or misogyny in a locker room and how that can impact people on the team that don't feel comfortable um, to come out and talk about who they are. So uh, I know that more broadly that there's been initiatives across the country to do that. Um, but it's tough to speak to every college. Right. Like, yeah,
0: I, I've recently seen, you know, more celebrations in the last year of, you know, openly gay players in the league. You know, you're seeing more non-white, more black players in the league. Do you think the game is just becoming a little less white and a little less heterosexual in a more inclusive way?
1: Well, I think it kind of has to be. I mean, given the baseline. <laughs> right? I mean, it, it was an incredibly white sport and uh not only that relatively affluent right i mean it's uh there's a huge barrier to entry to play hockey right like if you want to play basketball you just go to a court and you have a ball like when when we're going out there to try to recruit new players you know folks like myself that didn't even know how to ice skate um you have to get a pair of skates you have to get a whole bunch of gear ice time is expensive um, and actually, another example where the Blackhawks have helped out with that is we partnered uh, with a group called Inner City Education that works on uh, bringing hockey, bringing gear and ice time to uh, lower income and underserved communities to give folks the opportunity to play this game uh, at a very young age.
0: Brian, I appreciate you for taking some time to sit with City Cash Chicago, the Vice President of the Chicago Gay Hockey Association. Brian Hull, thank you for your time.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Chicago has been officially selected to host the 2024 Democratic National Convention next summer. We did an episode about Chicago's history holding both parties convention. Check the show notes to listen. Officials have released more information about the South Loop road closures during NASCAR's two-day racing event in July. At different points beginning in June and through the first week of July, closures will impact Michigan, Columbus, and Dusabu Lakeshore Drive from Roosevelt to Jackson Street. Our friends over at Block Club Chicago have put together a list of things you can do with them annoying campaign signs left in public places, including recycle, return, or repurpose. And some good news to get you through the 10th anniversary of art expo chicago kicks off tomorrow at navy pier and runs through the weekend you can expect to see more than 170 exhibitors from 36 countries as always we appreciate you for listening make sure you're reading along with our daily newsletter hey chicago at chicago.citycast.fm the best damn podcast is back in your feed bright and early tomorrow with a trip to sneakerhead university make sure you join us peace
1: You know, I grew up in Detroit, so, you know, I love the Hawks, support the Hawks, but it's like, you know, if they're not doing well, I'm not really, I'm not living and dying Mm -hmm. with every goal right now.